morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we share, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto, Mario, also known as the Node Defender, is joining us, and Andrew, aka the Cashflow King, is in the building, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how the SEC removed the definition of a digital asset from the litigation they're using today, now claiming the commission is considering the term at this time. Ripple is confirmed as the global leader in central bank digital currency development, beating MasterCard, R3, Stellar, and Consensus in existing technological development. Um, And with a new judge forcing the SEC to clarify their stance on crypto within the next 10 days, we break down the details, showing our community how Coinbase could be the catalyst for American crypto adoption. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So guys, this is going to be a little bit of an unorthodox show and we are going to get right into what we typically do to start the day, Johnny. So we're skipping introductions and starting this show off with our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to our whole team. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is in moderate greed this morning, sitting at a 64. And when we check out some of the daily movers, Oh my goodness, it's green across the board, but Pepe is taking up nearly half my screen here. Pepe token is up 74% on the day. Congratulations to all those investors. When we check out the total coin market cap this morning, we are sitting at 1.18 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 47% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 28,800. Ethereum, 1,900. XRP is 45 cents. Cardano is 38. Litecoin, 87. Stellar is 10 cents. And Quant Network, is sitting at 112 this morning. And Johnny Crypto, I'd love to kick it over to you, my friend. What are some of the projects that you're keeping an eye on? And then we're going to get right into our Ripple news. Well, as of this moment right now, as you know, I'm kind of just sitting down, you know, we're in the greed zone. And, you know, as you know, I don't buy in the greed zone. I sit in the greed zone. I wait. Um, So I'm not buying Pepe. I'm not FOMOing in on any of that crap. You know, and if you want to, it's fine. I shouldn't call it crap. People love it. It's good. For me, I'm looking at, the gaming stuff, and so that's what I got my eye on. You know that already. I've already said that. I'm looking at Myra. I like Myra. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but I don't care. That's how I call it. And so uh, that that's one of the ones I got my I'm, – I'm, I'm watching it. I'm waiting. I'm hoping it will go down, and I'm doing the same thing with Quant. I'm waiting for that $60 to $90 Quant if we get it. That's what I'm – but the reality is we know we're heading in. You know, There's going to be some trigger event coming at the end of this month. And so we got to wait to see what happens there, Ab. So I'm not getting too aggressive with anything. Absolutely, guys. And we got 108 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we're going to get right into our main article for today. As Ripple was voted the number one central bank digital currency development team on planet Earth. And this is some massive news, not only for XRP holders, but anybody who's holding ISO protocol coins. And we're going to break it down right now. Jumaniper Research released a new study on central bank digital currencies and released that Ripple was the number one out of 15 global competitors. Uh, Welfare referred to an enormous growth in central bank digital currencies will have by 2030, potentially bringing over $213 billion in total market cap in only the next seven years. 
Ripple was ranked number one out of the 15 established competitors, including R3, Stellar, MasterCard, and Consensus for several reasons, said the research team. One of the main reasons is that they already have the, the RippleNet product ready to roll when it comes to central bank digital currencies, Johnny. Before I break down the details here broadly, what does it mean to you that MasterCard, R3, and Stellar all fell behind Ripple when it comes to CBDC development? Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, we know that Ripple was designed purposely for this, right? And so from that perspective, it's not surprising to me that they fell behind. Uh, we know uh, Stellar is pretty close, though, very similar. So we'll have to see how it plays out in the long run, Abs. Absolutely. And when you check out the CBDC development coming into this market, there is almost infinite money to be made here. The study found that the value of payments via CBDCs will reach $213 billion annually by the year 2030. Now, we're already here in 2023 operating in a $100 million market, but that means this market could grow as much as 260,000% in the next seven or eight years. The driving, the driving growth of these CBDCs worldwide is going to be governments pushing CBDC projects into retail and taking digital payments and making them mainstream. CBDCs will improve access to digital payments, particularly in emerging, in emerging economies where mobile penetration is significantly higher than banking penetration. They also predict that domestic payments will be 92% completed through central bank digital currencies alone. Now, Andrew, I'd love to get some thoughts from you as well. What do you think about this latest development and the fact that they're predicting 92% of domestic payments to be completed through CBDCs by 2030? <laughs> you know, this is exactly what we're waiting for. And as, as I just said before this, uh, uh, when we were preparing the show, you know, it, it's still seven years, you know, and it, it, is, it is a long time. So we have to be patient. We have to sit on our hands and, you know, and, and the, those CDBC payments, yeah, that, that's not everything that they can do with, with Ripple. I just asked my good friend, uh, 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 Chat GPT, Give me some use cases for XRP, which they say cross-border payments, currency exchange, micropayments, decentralized finance, IoT, mobile-to-mobile -mobile payments. You know, there's such an enormous amount of, of potential in XRP that, uh, you know, I think CDBC will only be the beginning. And yeah, I'm very enthusiastic about, uh, about XRP, absolutely. Mario, one of the easiest things when it comes to central bank digital currencies, or one of the most difficult things actually, is getting them to integrate this new technology while not getting rid of their old system. And what we have in Ripple's technology in particular is the ability to integrate with existing tech. Now, I think that's one of the things that Ripple's pointing to in this report. Ripple is going to have a massive advantage over other competitors. They already have over 200 central banks working with them right now. So it's huge development across the board. How do you feel about this latest report? Yeah, I think that's the double-edged sword. Well, first of all, good morning, uh, everybody. I hope everybody's doing good. But, you know, this is the double-edged sword with Ripple, right? It's like we love Ripple, but then again, they're working with something that we completely dislike, which is CBDCs. <laughs> so it's kind of like this love-hate relationship because we understand how much Ripple is solving. And again, you know, they as, as Andrew just outlined, they do way more than just CBDCs. But they are very well positioned, as the article just outlined. They are number one. Um, as far as like CBDC developments concerned. So, you know, like, yeah, it's a love and hate relationship. I don't know how to feel about that part of Ripple's business, but nonetheless, you know, we are invested because we are trying to change our, our, our lives. We're trying to create this generational wealth. So we talk about this all the time. You know, it would be dumb of us to see an opportunity and not take advantage of it. It's kind of like Pepe, right? There was this opportunity to invest in Pepe, which is a, which is a total gamble. Don't get me wrong. And this is not financial advice, but 
you know, we for those of for those of us that didn't invest, we missed out an opportunity. Then again, you would never know. But yeah. Johnny, check out this latest report as well. As a Ripple CBDC developer tweeted out yesterday, Ripple was ranked the number one in establishment for CBDC leader when it comes to the global production of CBDCs. In a recent report from Juniper Research, it highlights the significant transaction growth growing to $213 billion annually in only the next eight years. Do you believe these statistics outright are 92% of domestic payments going to be going through central bank digital currencies? Yeah, I believe that. I don't know exactly when, but uh, yeah, there's no doubt at some point everything will be going through CBDCs. So I do believe it, no question about it. Whether or not Ripple's the you know the inside chosen one, as everybody likes to say, I still think that's up for grabs. That's the whole thing we're trying to figure out here. Is it? Is it the one? And if it's the one, let me tell you, they've done a great job <laughs> of fooling everybody and keep because you don't see anybody in the U.S. talking about using it. You don't see any adoption for it um, inside the U.S. You are seeing, you know, a few countries here and there externally, about 40 in total that are using it in some way or fashion. For CBDCs, I think there's only three. I think there's Palau, uh, the one you mentioned the other day, and there's one other one that slips my mind that are using it or testing it out for CBDCs. And maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I remember off the top of my head. So, again, I, I don't know, Abs, if it's the chosen one like everybody likes to think it to be. I want it to be the chosen one. I'm not going to say uh, my bags are packed with that one. So we'll have to wait and see. I'm banking. I'm, I mean, I'm betting that it will be the chosen one, or at least for a good chunk of it. But I'm not in the position. I'm not that naive to think that that's the only choice. And I'm not that naive to think that there might not be other solutions being worked in the background that are private and proprietary that will then get relayed to everybody, you know, so I'm just sitting and waiting to see which way the wind is going to take us in this particular case. Well, this is the biggest advantage Ripple has when it comes to CBDC development, Johnny. Ripple already boasts some pilot projects in various countries around the world, including Montenegro, the Kingdom of Bhutan, and the public of Palu. Ripple is involved in several working groups and foundations in Europe and UK as well, including the Digital Pound Foundation, which could be one of the largest projects in the market in only a couple of years. But Andrew, when they talk about integration to central banks, the future of CBDC platform providers will be to develop a complete end-to-end -end solution that enables wholesale capabilities, wallet provisions, merchant acceptance, and the full realization of the potential essential bank digital currencies. So what this document's highlighting is Ripple's already created that product. Now it's just getting about mass adoption. Do you believe they'll complete that? You know, what I like here in this article is that Ripple is involved in several working groups and foundations in Europe and UK. So what is happening here? We already have the uh, Mika uh, uh, leg legislation, or how, does it, how, do you, how do you call that in, in, in English? But, you know, crypto is regulated. It, it's a beginning. Uh, am I fully happy with the regulation rules, which are now in, uh, in, in, in Europe? No, I'm not so happy. But, but at least there is regulation. So that means there is a next step. We can go ahead. That means... European uh, uh, countries can go and start innovation. And, and, and that is the good point, not only for Ripple, but for the whole crypto industry. You know, I am convinced that, you know, actually a blockchain is nothing more than less than a database or a hard drive where you can store uh, stuff with at least that you can, uh, can give it an owner. You can, uh, you can get, yeah, put some additional... Uh, programs, smart contracts around it. 
that's all. It is not that difficult. But you can, on top of that, you can make such an amount of fantastic applications. You know, everywhere, everything will go digital in future. And this layer of blockchains, we just need it. So as soon as, as a country or, 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 or a continent like, like Europe adopts this kind of, of, of regulation and, and crypto, then the, the way ahead is open. And that, that, that why I feel sorry for the US that it all takes so long and uh, it, 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 yeah, it's, really, it's really bad. But yeah, that, that's and Andrew, cool. We got 196 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button, and check out the latest news involving XRP and Coinbase here. As Paul Gruel, the CFO for Coinbase, had a private meeting with the lead official at, at Ripple yesterday, Stuart Alderati, and he even commented, we need to do this more often. Well, Johnny, why is that so important? The SEC is being forced to respond to Coinbase allegations within the next 10 days, and they're going to be offering some sort of broad regulation when it comes to the crypto market. The U.S. SEC has been ordered by a U.S. court to respond to the cryptocurrency exchange Coinbase complaint of how it applies security laws to digital assets. The third court uh, uh, of appeals said yesterday in a Wednesday filing that the SEC must file its response within the next 10 days and Coinbase will be able to file a, a response seven days after that. Coinbase said last week that the SEC argued providing insufficient regulatory guidance for U.S. companies operating in the crypto sector, saying that the commission must set, at a minimum must set forth how these inapt and inopposite requirements are being adapted to be built around digital assets. They actually uh, put down some formal rulemaking document in 2022, Johnny, but the SEC didn't respond. They gave them about eight months, received no response from the SEC, and now Coinbase has been attempting to launch a preemptive strike against the SEC, which said in March it expects to sue the exchange over allegations of an unregistered securities offering. And let me just highlight this one more time. Nine tokens were claimed to be unregistered securities. Many of them were micro caps and many of them, I'm sure these guys were insider trading. I know that's making a leap here, but Algorand was one of the only legitimate projects that was accused of being a security. How do you feel about the SEC being forced to respond here, Johnny? Well, that's good. You know, if you're sitting there and they're trying to get a response from them and they're not replying, what else do you do? You got to put the feet to the fire. You, you sue them and then you force them to respond. And the funny thing is they picked nine micro, micro caps, right? It just goes to show you that it's selective. Like, you know, like when you, when you decide whether you want to listen to your girlfriend or your wife, you could, they call this selective hearing. This is called selective suing. They decide like, okay, you know, we're going to sue these guys. We got these lousy nine, you know, little coins. Oh yeah. There's something there. We could go after them because they wanted to, because if they didn't want to, they would have turned a blind eye to it. So they're coming after him and, and, you know, kudos to, to the, uh, to, you know, I know, I know Kevin O'Leary was bashing the uh, Coinbase saying, Oh, you shouldn't have done that. It was a bit, Sometimes you gotta stake a, uh, you know, you know, you know, shake a stick at the bear, right? If the bearing, if the bear, if you can't get the bear's attention, you gotta smack it a little bit. So we're gonna see now what happens. It kind of this is good that it forces them to respond now within ten days. Because think about if you're Coinbase apps, you're trying to run a business, you got this monkey hanging over your over your back, you know, which may or may not come and and sue you, and you're trying to figure out what the hell's going on, and you can't even get a reply. So I can't blame them. I almost feel like Kevin O'Leary was wrong in bashing Coinbase because SEC really didn't. It feels like it didn't leave Coinbase much of an option here. They almost had to do this to get a response. That's pretty sad. Well, Johnny, seeing these private meetings being disclosed publicly tells me something's going on behind the scenes and it could soon be released to the open public. As Coinbase's top official response to XRP relistings in his latest interview, and I'm going to highlight this for you, 
until they get regulation, XRP staying off American exchanges and Coinbase is obviously included in that group. Mario, what do you think about Johnny's statements and the fact that Coinbase, although they're already selling unregistered securities, is unwilling to list XRP? Yeah, that, that part mind boggles me, you know, since the beginning when they delisted it. Nobody really spoke about how this was an attack on crypto. Now, all of a sudden, Coinbase has joined this battle with the uh, or started this uh, this lawsuit against the SEC. Now you see like the people that haven't really been involved with XRP. You see them coming out with all these videos of Gensler talking about how like some of these cryptos were not securities. And it's like, hello, we the, the, the XRP army have been talking about this for years. A true, in my opinion, a true support from from Coinbase side would be to relist XRP because they're 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 falling for the same um, unfairness as Coinbase is, right? Because the SEC never provided clarity. Ripple went and asked them. Um, they met with them. They said, you know, how do we navigate this space? And then they don't get the the, the they don't get the guidance. And then out of nowhere, they get slammed with a lawsuit. So. I still don't understand why Coinbase has failed to relist it. Um, I'm sure there's, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a good reason for that. We just don't know what it is, but that would be the ultimate support towards Ripple towards the industry would be Ripple and uh, Coinbase joining forces by by Coinbase relisting XRP. Andrew, when I read the introduction today, I said Coinbase could be the catalyst for American crypto adoption. And the reason that I said that is it was in reference to the JP Morgan report that we covered earlier this week, where they said it themselves. Now, this is a report from November of 2021, so it's a little bit old, but I do think it's more relevant than ever. If the company is able to win against the SEC, and they're referring to Ripple, obviously, and trading resumes on major cryptocurrency exchanges like Coinbase, XRP is poised for significant adoption and so, Andrew, that quote pretty much speaks for itself. Do you agree there? Will Coinbase ever list XRP? And is that going to provide significant adoption within the United States? Well, at least when XRP will be uh, uh, relisted on Coinbase, what you will see is that the accessibility of XRP for the broader public will be much bigger. So it will be a major event and already that will give a lot of social sentiment and it will go up enormously at that moment. However, it will be a short spike, then it will go down again, and I think then it will go up. But you can also ask yourself, why was XRP delisted actually two, two, two and a half years ago, the day, uh, the day before Christmas it was? I, I, remember, I still remember it when, when they did it. I think because the, at, at that moment you could not buy XRP anymore. You were only allowed on, on Coinbase to sell. So, uh, and... And so what, what, is, what happens if a coin only can be sold, the price goes down. So guess who was filling their bags with cheap XRP? And I think mm, it's, it's, it's still a little bit in that situation. Mario, what, what's your thought about it? Oh, no, I was saying I was filling my bag with XRP when that happened. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Johnny, yeah. Andrew broke it down a little bit, but coincidentally enough, we covered this a little bit earlier. JP Morgan announced their new technology, JPM coin, just 10 days before the SEC sues Ripple and alleged that XRP wasn't unregistered security. But we're getting validation from around the world, whether it's Dubai, Hong Kong, or many places in Europe. Crypto regulation is coming in quickly, and we know central bank digital currencies are going to be one of the fastest technologies to follow. But guys, we got 255 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and check out this latest article as Ripple CEO Brad Garlinghouse is going to Dubai in order to discuss crypto regulation. Ripple CEO Brad Garlinghouse is gearing up to address the main challenges of crypto utility and regulation at the upcoming Dubai FinTech Summit. 
he would join forces with CNBC reporter Dan Murphy to chart the course for the future of cryptocurrencies and underscore the significant regulatory frameworks as lifeboats for the flourishing industry. The inaugural Dubai fintech conference is going to be hosted on May 8th and 9th, bringing over 5,000 global fintech executives together in this one location. They're going to be discussing innovation and challenges burdening the sector, aka the SEC, and Dubai's already home to more than one-fifth of the world's fintech businesses striving to get into this market. They're creating a regulatory framework for more companies to flood into their borders. Johnny, what does it mean to you? Yeah, well, they're opening the doors while the U.S. is closing it. <laughs> and they're like, hey, you know, and they literally said that. They, they are trying to be the fin hub of the world. There's no question about it. And you're seeing that the U.S. is making that job easier for them because the U.S. has decided to make it very, very difficult. So naturally, you're going to, you know, let's face it, man. The life, the way life works is very simple. We always, everything looks for the least path of resistance, right? And so the least path of resistance for cryptocurrency adoption in this particular case is not going through the U.S. right now. It's going through other countries. So it doesn't surprise me to see Dubai. And I forgot the other one. There was another country that was talking about wanting to be the capital of Adam. Do you remember apps we did on the show? I just United Kingdoms. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. They were also trying to be right. So you have all these different countries actually fighting and battling for the status that normally the U.S. would have. But the U.S. has decided that they don't want it. And so, yeah, so, you you know, don't be surprised. And Dubai has very, very, very favorable tax, crypto tax, uh, cryptocurrency tax rules as well. So they are definitely saying, hey, come on in, open the doors. We want you to we want you to establish it here. And, you know, and you know, there will be there. There will be several interviews with Brett Garlinghouse and more or also with, with the C, uh, CNBC reporter, the, this this guy, Dan, uh, Dan Murphy. And. You know, there is also a, 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 an educational aspect in this because there is so much unknown in the world about cryptocurrencies, about the functionality. They all think it's just a scam. And, and, and even in governments worldwide, a lot of people have no idea about the opportunities and the, and, and the innovational, uh, innovation possibilities. So, you know, when, when Greg is able to speak there, it is also an educational uh, session for for worldwide people that think okay let's learn a little bit there so i think it's a very important event and i love that 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 that, that greg garlinghouse is making so much effort of course it's for his own company but but to educate the world about what is happening and why we need this you know and it will yeah, result also in a cdbc with all yeah possible uh, bad things for for the public but on the other hand, it's unavoidable. So better we understand it so that that, that we can yeah, at least guide it a little bit. Exactly. And that, I mean, we really don't have a choice here, Andrew. We're going onto the precipice. We're either going to adopt decentralized currencies or they're going to roll out these CBDCs and the American public is going to adopt them with full arms. But here's a great regulator who's still existing in the space. We criticize people at the SEC all the time. We're about to give compliments to this man. Arthur Levitt is one of the longest sitting SEC officials today, and he put out a crypto statement saying crypto will be part of the American financial system sooner rather than later. So, Johnny, even the dinosaurs understand this technology is on the way. But let's get into some other SEC news here. As the SEC steps back from defining digital assets in their new hedge fund rules, this is very important because we just brought it up. They're going to be forced to make some decisions regarding cryptocurrency in the next 10 days. The United States securities regulator is holding off from verifying the definition of the term digital assets 
despite proposing to do so about nine months ago. On May 3rd, the SEC published amendments to form PF so the regulator can access the potential systematic risks to the sector that people are invested in. The SEC originally included digital asset definition in this report during August of 2022, but it would remove it uh, after it would have been the first time the SEC defined digital assets in litigation like this. We proposed adding digital assets as a new term to form PF glossary of terms. The commission and staff are continuing to consider this term and are not adopting digital assets as part of the rule at this particular time. So if this isn't a backstep, Johnny, I don't know what is. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is the SEC? Yep. This is the same agency that Gary comes out every single time and says, it is clearly defined, the rules are set, and it's so simple? Is that what you're telling me? Yep. Sadly enough. <laughs> so which is it? Is it simple? And then and, and, and you just come on in and they know the rules? Or is it what we're hearing right here is they've literally said we've decided not to adopt the, the definition of it. You can't have it. I mean, the hypocrisy is off the – where is it? Where is it? It's off the charts. It's off the freaking charts. <laughs> you know, I think this may be the first time rather than a human making the rat snake weasel, we might actually have an agency that makes the rat snake weasel. Yeah. I, I understand it a little bit because the term digital asset is somewhat uh, yeah, uh, uh, surrounding Wait. digital assets. And there is also something like DeFi. And I think that Gary Gensler, he wants DeFi and digital assets in some broader term so that he can even regulate more. And, and that, that is the, 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 the struggle there currently doing so if they say we say something about digital asset assets they do not say something about DeFi. so that is more or less the, the struggle there yeah so it's very complex new words go ahead johnny you're right, you're, right. you're right andrew it's very complex i i agree with andrew he's right it is so complex you've got DeFi, you've got sex you know cex you got all these different things going into the, in that that can make the digital asset definition very, very difficult. But again, they don't come out and say it's very clear and we don't need no rules. And any agency can come on in and work with us. We want to work with you. And then, pow, you get slapped with a lawsuit. No, just come on and say what it is. We don't know yet. And just like they said right here, we don't know. We don't know. And so, yeah, you're right. Don't come here because you're going to get slapped with a lawsuit. Instead, yeah, every day Gary's like, oh, yeah, come on in. We're ready to work with you guys. It's very Johnny, clear. we talked about this in the past, and we're going to talk about it again right now. Cryptocurrency can be regulated through these exchanges, and that's what Andrew hinted at right here. The SEC hasn't, hasn't always shielded away from crypto-friendly definitions, announcing in mid-April that it would revisit the definition of an exchange to possibly include decentralized finance. SEC Chair Gary Gensler has been vocal in claiming that cryptocurrencies are securities under his commission's ruling. And we've seen the enforcement actions to boot, guys. But we've got 270 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And what I really think is going on here, Andrew, is that they're going to regulate exchanges and by doing so, regulate cryptocurrencies after the fact. If these currencies or if these exchanges are offering unregistered securities, they're going to be held to, with their feet to the fire, and that's what Gary Gensler is going to do. And, of course, many of the projects that we're invested in are going to feel the repercussions of that. So I'd like to hear what you think is going to happen. Do you believe that they're going to regulate the cryptocurrency market through exchanges? Mm, at least the power that they have through exchanges is currently we have a fiat system, and there you have the on and off ramps. And the on and off ramps are exchanges or, or, or are the other uh, money uh, institutions that are currently existing. So I'm looking forward 
to the to the time that uh, that I can, for example, buy something and immediately pay without uh, 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 using any other system with cryptocurrencies. Because because and I think that's the fear of all uh, uh, governments and on and all uh, uh, re regulators that they lose grip on the on the regulation. So they have really no idea. And innovation is going so fast that that, that yeah they, they are more or less lost because you know what do governments want they want to print more money what do central banks want they want to print more money if there is a financial problem print more money in the system so they, they cannot go uh, uh, with, with, with with yeah forced interest rates with go i mean if you want to hold money in your normal bank account and they charge you money to hold money yeah they, then we will put it out but if you are forced in the cdbcs then they can even yeah take money out out your out your, out of your wallet and and go from there. So there is so much to it. There is, I think, and there is so much fear. So mm, I'm waiting till they will say, okay, if you can't beat them, join them. And, and, and believe me, that moment will come sooner than later. And Jerome Powell was hinting at that here, Andrew, is we're going to play a quick update from Jerome Powell and then a follow-up video. Here we go. It's essential that, that the debt ceiling be raised in a timely way so that the U.S. government can pay all of its bills when they're due. A failure to do that would be unprecedented. Uh, we'd be in uncharted territory, and the, and the consequences to the U.S. economy would be highly uncertain and could, could be quite averse. Well, here's a follow-up video. Are U.S. Treasury bonds still safe to invest in? Very much so. I think there's a this is not an issue of credit rating. The United States can pay any debt it has because we can always print money to do that. So there is zero probability of default. Are you Johnny, that's an official statement from the former Federal Reserve Chairman Alan Greenspan back in 2011. Shout out to Jerome Powell. This is the man who trained him. But what do you think about his statements? They would never default on their debt because they can always print more. Well, I mean, currently, that is exactly the situation. It is hard to default on your debt. Hi, Mario. It is hard to default on your debt when you can just continue to print money and, and raise the ceiling. So it's not going to happen. Now, what this is what, yeah, exactly. Money goes burr. Here's the problem, Abs. When the U.S. is no longer the, the, the world reserve currency, then they can't just print money anymore. That, that option goes away. And they can default. And that's a very, very dangerous time. So that's what we need to be conserved of. But with that said, Abs, unfortunately, I need to get going. So I just want to say to all the warrior maniacs, love you guys. Appreciate you. Warriors, rise. And don't forget, next week, we got Tony uh, Tony Edwards from Thinking Crypto. Love you guys. Have a good day. Have a great show. Thank you so much, Roto. Always appreciate when you jump on. Andrew Cashel, I'd love to get some quick thoughts from you. And then we'll kick it to Mario. Quick thoughts. Um, you know what you see? They want to increase the debt ceiling. Have you any idea how many times they already have done that? I believe it's 80, right? Some 82 or something? No, yeah, it's, it's, uh, already since since the Bretton Woods uh, uh, the meeting in 44, they every 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 so many years when there was a, a shortage in money, you know, increase the debt ceiling, increase the debt ceiling. Wars are paid. That's the, that's why they had to get get yeah uh, uh, get rid of the of the gold standard, and it's increasing and increasing. The only thing is currently that or currently soon 
the dollar will not have any value anymore. So yeah, then you can print more, but mm, but by that time, yeah, the world will look a little bit different. But we are uh, yeah in a in a pretty bad bad shape there. But still, when you can solve problems with printing more money, it will be done. And maybe the the the, the one party or the other party will say, oh, we don't want to do it. In the end, they will do it because they they do it all the time. And uh, yeah, this is what it is. Mario, what we're witnessing today right now is global or uh, nations around the world are moving away from the U.S. dollar and into other assets. Simultaneously, we have the American regulation pushing cryptocurrency outside of the United States. Well, we're going to play a really brief video here. This is Operation Chokepoint 2.0, breaking down some of the details about how regulation was built to scare cryptocurrency away from the United States. Here we go. Operation Chokepoint 2.0 pressuring the banks not to lend to crypto companies, uh, a flurry of subpoenas and Wells notices. And, you know, despite all that, crypto prices are higher. Uh, and that gives me, you know, uh, great optimism and confidence that the crypto community, uh, which was originally formed outside of mainstream finance, uh, right, as a, as a reaction to a banking crisis in 08, has been regalvanized by Silicon Valley Bank, by the actions of our government, uh, by the reality that we have too much debt in the U.S. and abroad. And you're seeing that in this balance between, you know, the Federal Reserve, which was fighting inflation and maybe move rates a little faster than, than the market participants uh, knew how to manage. And so now we're going to have a credit crisis in the U.S., and the economy is going to slow and it's going to slow pretty dramatically. The market's telling you that. And that gives a great macro backdrop to Bitcoin. Forget about the Bitcoin statement there, Mario. When I first saw this clip, the first thing I thought of was when you were in Brazil and they were convincing people in Brazil that America's moving away from the U.S. dollar before these banking collapses even happened. So what does that mean to you? Does that mean that that agenda is being promoted before it even took place or coincidence? What's it mean, Mario? Oh, the agenda is definitely being promoted. 100%. I mean, I saw it while I was there. And actually, Brazil is way more ahead when it comes to digital currency. Like barely anybody carries cash there. Everybody just uses this Brazilian version of like Zelle where they just send money back and forth. Everybody has it. Like the, le the, the person you would least expect to have it because they don't look tech savvy, they have it. So definitely the agenda. Um, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised with that. I, I have a hard time believing that the U.S., doesn't have a plan that they're just letting themselves fall behind. I mean, hearing statements like we just heard from from uh, from Jerome Powell saying that that you know they they could um, if they default on their debt, that's a bad thing. It's unprecedented, and we will be in a bad place. And then the former chair just said, you know, we'll print more money. Hey, man, if that's how it works, I got a couple of credit cards that I need to pay. Tell me where the printer is because they're they're due very soon. But uh, you know what I was thinking, Mario? If they can just print money, why is anyone paying taxes? Exactly. It's it's. Honestly, it's very unsettling. But at the same time, I really don't believe the U.S. does doesn't have a plan. I believe that they do have a plan, and there's got to be like a something above that. We're just we just don't know. We're not seeing, but we will see in the future. But nonetheless, uh, the narrative is happening outside of the United States for sure. Andrew, you know, I'm gonna a little. You know, why people are paying taxes is very clear because with tax you can force specific regulations, and you can can and can steer behavior of human human people so if you want to say okay we want to uh, 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 limit car driving what what they do here in in the netherlands just make the gas prices more more expensive 
and then people will or we want to get rid of natural gas here increase energy prices so and and get more uh, more tax on there or 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 if you want to if you want if you earn too much if you have too much uh, assets you know tax the asset tax tax so just get uh, a control of the people that is the main reason to my opinion for uh, for tax Andrew, and we're going to update our listeners right now on the latest statements from Jerome Powell regarding essential bank digital currency. But guys, we got 290 live listeners joining us on this Thursday. Show us some love, smash that like button, and check out the latest update from Jerome Powell because apparently they haven't confirmed a CBDC just yet. Is the Fed working on a digital dollar? We are actually evaluating that. Most um, major countries uh, are now looking at, at the possibility, given the fact that the final decision hasn't been made, you are doing, if I understand you correctly, software development, even graphic design on what a digital dollar would look like and act like. Yes, we're doing lots and lots of work. We're, we're doing stuff jointly with foreign, uh, with other central banks. We're doing things at the Boston Fed. And are you considering a digital dollar in order to compete with the cryptocurrencies that are out there already, like Bitcoin? That's not the principal reason, I wouldn't say. Uh, it is a fact that there are, there are private sector uh, currencies, stable coins and, and cryptocurrencies as well. We're the, we're the world's reserve currency. The dollar is so important. We need to get this right. We do not need to be the first ones to do this. We, we want to get it right. And that's what we're going to do. Here's what's interesting. How are they going to get it right without running pilot programs? They're going to push that innovation overseas. Let China run a pilot. Let the UK run a pilot. And then we'll copy a lot of what they did. I disagree with that whole process, Andrew. But one of the things that stuck out to me during that uh, brief clip, it was again coming back to the JP Morgan report where stable coins and central bank digital currencies are not a competitor to coins like XRP, but instead they enhance the technology. The role of XRP as a bridge asset in international settlement is not competing with stable coins, but on the contrary, it's complementary. It's the liquid, it's the liquidity between these assets that allow them to flow seamlessly. Mario, I'd love to start with you and then we'll kick it to cash flow. What did you think about Jerome Powell's statements? Yeah, look, they're definitely working on it. You know, he didn't they don't just come out and tell you what they're doing. We've, we've had proof of that time and time again. You know, we've had him come out and say, uh, inflation is transitory. <laughs> Look how that turned out. So we can't take what they say serious, but we do have to listen to how they say it. And they do put hints here and there. So them saying that they're not working on it or they're, that they're not taking it serious or that it's not going to happen soon. I, I take that with a grain of salt because, again, like I said just before, I don't think the U.S. Does, doesn't have a plan. I believe they do. And um, and it's, it's very bullish for nonetheless, because what you just outlined as far as XRP being well positioned and Ripple being well positioned with most of these CBDCs. Well, you know, the liquidity, they provide that liquidity with with the cross border for the cross border uh, of these assets. So, you know, nonetheless, it's it's super bullish and I'm excited to see how that plans out. Andrew, and when you talk about 92 percent of domestic payments going through CBDCs, that's only going to happen if the Federal Reserve adopts this technology. And it reminds me of the report that we read at the beginning of the episode. Ripple was just chosen as the number one most established CBDC developer on the planet, beating R3, beating Stellar, beating MasterCard, and beating Consensus, which is Ethereum. I'm going to give the open floor. What stuck out to you, Andrew? Now, uh, 92% will go via CDBCs. I'm not. I am not so convinced about it because there will there will one there will be a, a, a parallel system which is the, the the private sector 
you know, with 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 the Bitcoin and the and the and the Ethereum's and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, on the other hand, if you say it goes via CDBCs, yeah, you also have you also need an intermediate currency at least to translate it from one CDBC to another country's CDBC. So you know, and and what what is that currency? Yeah, I hope it it will be uh, will be XRP in the future. So there is there is a lot to it, and 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 uh, um, you know, then I also understand uh, Jerome Powell that he said, yeah, we want to do it right. I understand that. And what they are currently doing is just they are buying time. And they and indeed they will look, you know, they will look very closely what's England doing, what is uh, what are other countries doing with the CDBC, which which errors are they making, and and yeah, you know, um, can they speed up a little bit? You know, also Gary Gensler is in this whole game uh, 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 just a marionette that that needs to slow down everything because of the of the agenda of uh, of Jerome Powell. Yeah, one of the, one another thing that really sticks out to me within this report is that JP Morgan is confirmed as well as Visa to already be building on consensus and Ethereum. But within this report, they uh, they outline perfectly why Ripple has better technology. And I'm going to remind our listeners once again, the biggest hurdle when it comes to getting the banking industry to, to adopt this technology is having an end-to-end full-blown system ready to roll. We do not have that anywhere besides Ripple. While cross-border payments are currently high costs and slow transaction speeds, this is not the area of focus for CBDCs. CBDC adoption will be very, will be very contrary spe- country-specific and will obviously focus on domestic payments to begin with. But the future of CBDC pri- providers is to develop an end-to-end solution that includes wholesale capabilities. Ripple already created that product, so that's why they have such an advantage. How do you feel about these quotes, Mario? Yeah, super bullish. Exactly like, like I was just saying. Um, I think I think it's important not to not to be like discouraged by what's happening in the United States because the United States. I know it's the biggest power. It's supposed to be the biggest power in the in in the world, and you the U.S. dollar for now still holds its reserve world's reserve currency status. But so much is happening outside of the United States, and as outlined in that video, you know the crypto community has done a great job at uh, continuing to promote crypto and keeping keeping this idea of decentralization alive. So I think for that reason, it's important to not really be scared or 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 think that crypto is not going to get anywhere just because of what's happening in the United States. It's 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 an it's a um, a technology that's definitely going to be implemented in the future. We know that's going to happen. And Ripple is extremely well positioned. They've in- only increased their partnerships. They've only increased their client list. Um, yeah, it's just unfortunate that within the United States they haven't been able to do so. But I believe that 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 will end soon. Andrew, we've got um, financial institutions such as Bank of America, Santander, and American Express already ready to use RippleNet's technology. But what I love most about this report is they explain the use of a bridge asset, and I'm not going to bore people with the details. But when Jerome Powell talks about the upgrade, the financial upgrade taking place before our eyes, Ripple has already completed that process. Transactions using XRP are, are completed in as little as three to five seconds, and fees are a fraction of a penny. Swift transfers typically take up to a week and can charge you as much as 12% on each transaction. So once somebody adopts this technology, anybody operating in the old paradigm is going to have a massive disadvantage. This is the last thing I want to say here. Andrew, what's it mean to you, my friend? Now, you know, I also want to bring some nuance to this. Uh, I mean, I I have uh, uh, several uh, uh, 
accounts uh, on uh, on stock exchanges in the US. So I trade there in uh, in US dollar. But when I send US dollar to a stock exchange, of, or when I send euros to a stock exchange in the US, and it will land there in dollars, it takes maybe um, now uh, I, I think three to four hours. Then it's done. So that you say, okay, it takes it takes a week, and it, it costs enormous amount of money. Yeah, it it, it is expensive because it, it, at least it costs uh, twenty or twenty five dollars to to send to send your money. And if you send more, it costs even more. So Swift is maybe uh, a slow system, but on the other hand, it's not that bad that everybody everybody says. But I, on the other hand, I can imagine if you want to send money to South America or to to maybe to Africa or other less developed countries, yeah, it can take can can take more uh, cost and more time. Uh, will XRP or at least a a, a decent uh, intermediate uh, currency change this yeah and is it needed absolutely it is very urgently needed because all those middlemen should be cut out and all that money that that is somewhere there i mean sometimes if you want to send 20 dollars from to the other end of the world um you know it costs more in fees than the, than they will arrive on the, on the other end so yeah. uh, that, that doesn't make sense Mario, I want to get your thoughts on this as well. I heard an interesting discussion earlier this week. Is it worth it to limit transaction costs in order to sacrifice your freedom when they bring in central bank digital currencies? Yeah, you're not going to pay the 3 to 12% on your transactions anymore. But Andrew just brought it up himself. You're going to be transferring all of your data into these blockchains and basically giving the Federal Reserve access to everything that you've purchased, everywhere you've traveled. And in many cases, if you look further enough down the line, you're probably going to have have to ask permission to do certain things, maybe drive a certain distance or go to a certain location. So what do you think? Are central bank digital currencies worth it if we need to sacrifice that anonymity, that anonymousness of, of transactions? Well, I mean, my opinion is no, but then again, uh, I, I still I still think that unfortunately, to some capacity, that's that's what's going to happen. We're definitely going to have a digital currency. Now, whether they decide to um, make it that way, as you just described, whether they do uh, put some kind of social credit scoring system or, you know, they the ESG gets built in, all that stuff. That's the scary part to the digital currency that I dislike. I'm all pro digital currency because the world needs to, the, the world's moving more and more technology and, and, and the currency and the financial system needs to move along with it. So it's long overdue. And in my opinion, it's a good thing. Now, what's not a good thing is, what you've just outlined and, and that I'm not looking forward to, but um, on uh, just to touch on that, uh, uh, on what Andrew was just saying, um, like here in New Jersey, there was a local bank called investors bank. They've just recently been acquired by citizens. Investors bank was very big within the Portuguese community because they had a, a partnership with some of the banks in Portugal. So people here used to Portuguese people used to use um, investors bank to send money to, to Portugal recently because they've been acquired by citizens. Well, now they've changed their fees and apparently they're charging $35 per transaction and these people are like freaking out they're like oh my god like why it's so much money and i think in some circumstances they're even charging as high depending on the amount as high as $80 so i've heard so these people are trying to find other ways for them because they're retired they live in portugal they're getting their pension here they need to get it there they're finding of other they're trying to find other ways to get their money there and i'm like guys have you heard of crypto have you heard of like stable coins you could send a stable coin there or crypto there and exchange it, it goes in way over their heads because of how complex it kind of still is. But 
you know, there's definitely a need. And that's the thing that gets me bullish about, uh, you know, Ripple and XRP, what they're creating, because there's definitely a need. The problem is we have all these institutions and these banks and the central banks that need to make money in, in, in the middle ground. And so they're not going to allow a new system like Ripple to completely take over and them not have a piece of the pie. And I really think that that's where it's kind of going to come down to. So ultimately a partnership, like we've been seeing Ripple partner with all these central banks, that's in my opinion, going to have to be the way. Andrew, and I love this comment we got here. It said, can't wait to see the incentives that the government uses to con people into accepting CBDCs. We can probably predict a lot of those, whether it's cheaper, you're going to get discounts on certain food, may even be free money in a lot of cases. What do you believe is going to incentivize people to adopt CBDCs? Uh, I, I believe for sure that you cannot imagine how positive and how uh, fantastic it will be to adopt the CBDC. You know, for the whole humanity, it will be a relief. Fantastic. You know, I think we should uh, write in the Constitution that uh, freedom of money and also anonymity of money should be guaranteed at all times. However, how, how, how you will, how you will uh, implement it, I don't care as long as there is possibilities for anonymity. And if that's not the case, which probably will not, then yeah, we are we are in bad shape. So, and then I think uh, uh, the, the the private sector will find other ways to guarantee those anonymity. However, yeah, money laundering and AML and you know that that it, it's all it's all an issue. Uh, you know, we, who has who has the money has the power. And at this moment, we see the US has the money, can print in oblivion, and has the power. And there will be a power game. Uh, we will see how it how it how it uh, yeah how, how it will work out. We got 330 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Andrew, check out this connection right here. China's Skynet, Skynet now has over 700 million facial recognition surveillance cameras, totaling half of the world total. In China, your CBDC is linked directly to your digital face slash ID. And if you drive too fast, the Skynet cameras will automatically find you and debit your bank account via your digital wallet. So when people ask about Oh, is this a conspiracy? Is that really true? You're looking at it here. And any of our YouTube listeners, I'm showing a video on the screen. All of these are facial recognition cameras. And as you can see, they're putting them in cities to begin with. So Mario, I just wanted to get some quick thoughts here. And really quickly, I'm going to play a video from the founder of AI, because this is obviously including AI for facial recognition and what that could mean for humanity. Here's a 19 second clip. Here we go. This is the biggest technological advancement since... Is this another industrial revolution? What is this? How should people think of it? I think it's comparable in scale with the industrial revolution or electricity. Electricity. It's as, it's as revolutionary as electricity, Mario. Do you believe him when it comes to AI? I do to some extent. I really think that AI is going to change the way in which a lot of things get done. Um, you know, I've recent, recently been you know, thinking a lot about AI and how people are perceiving it or, or, or going about it. And if you really, if you really look at AI from a, you know, you've got those two perspectives that we always talk about all the time. You can use it for good. You can use it for bad. And just like any other industry, whenever a revolution came about, people said, oh, you know, people are going to lose a bunch of jobs, but then a whole bunch were created. And so I, I, I truly believe that with this AI, you know, the narrative that a lot of people are going to lose their jobs yeah, that's true, you know, but more jobs will be created. 
And that's where I think the, the, the power of AI comes in. It's how we utilize that AI system. Um, I mean, for me personally, as an entrepreneur, it's been changing the way that I do so much, so much stuff. And it's been saving me so much time and I'm able to be way more productive with it. So for me, I'm using it for something positive that is positively infecting, uh, uh, affecting my personal life and, and my professional life too. So yeah, I, I, I mean, obviously the video that you just showed about, you know, how they're using it to uh, control people. Again, a lot of people are willing to, um, a lot of people are willing to give up their freedom for safety. And then, and you know, that's, that's an issue, but um, it all depends how you look at it, essentially. Yeah. And yeah. On, on the other hand, don't be too scary about the fact that your AI will take your job because it will generate a lot of new jobs. So who will lose? Yeah. Who will, who will get the jobs? The people who use AI. So better get your shit together and learn AI, start using it, start using ChatGPT. And, and, and study and, and, and develop yourself in that area, you know? And I know if you, if you were uh, uh, maybe a taxi driver, yeah? Also the taxi driver should learn AI and how to see how we can take advantage. Maybe he, he need to go in a new job, but don't sit and, and wait till it happens, you know? Keep developing yourself and, and, and that will bring you to the future. And there are some states around America that are outlawing central bank digital currencies. This morning, we got some news that North Carolina was going to be outlawing central bank digital currencies. And this is a speech from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis stating the dangers of a CBDC. I think what the danger of the, the digital currency is, is that, one, they want to make that the sole currency. They want to get rid of crypto, which my view is, is like, if you want to invest in crypto, it's up to you. You can do it. I mean, like, you can make those decisions. Uh, but they don't like crypto because they can't control crypto. So they want to put everything in a central bank digital currency. And I guarantee you, if they're able to ever get away with that, they will impose ESG and social credit scores onto that. Uh, and that's going to be a huge reduction in freedom for people in this country. And so what we've said, what we're going to say in Florida is they haven't done it yet. I don't think Congress would authorize it. But if the Fed or the Treasury tries to do it unilaterally in Florida, we'll have a prohibition um, against that. And I think that that's ensuring uh, your financial independence and making sure that we don't have a financial surveillance state where they know every transaction uh, that, that you're making. I think that that's fundamentally wrong. So it's a great day to be a Floridian, Andrew. And one of the things that sticks out to me here is if they decide not to adopt this technology and every other state does, is Florida annexing themselves economically? Is that even possible? I'd love to start with you. <laughs> uh, I often say lead by example. And, and if Florida does it, I hope several other states and countries will follow. Or at least what I say, take it up in the, or take it in the constitution that specific things may not be regulated via, uh, uh, via the money. Because that we, uh, we've seen that with, uh, with the truckers in, uh, in, in, in Canada, we see it with the farmers in the Netherlands, you know, with, with, with money, you can punish everybody. And if you take the money away from somebody, yeah, uh, you, you're stuck. So, and that is the, 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 the total risk of this uh, CDBC to, to enforce specific regulation. So, uh, yeah. Invest also invest guys invest in in assets that cannot be printed, and and, and go from there.
Somebody asked, which groups and governments are most to gain by killing crypto in the U.S. and implementing a central bank digital currency? I'm not sure if that's a hypothetical question, but the big banks, the government, and of course, the Federal Reserve would all benefit if crypto just went away and they were able to implement centralized digital currencies. But Mario, to close out our episode, I'd love to get some thoughts from you. What did you think about Ron DeSantis' statements? Yeah, I mean, it's good that, you know, it seems he seems to be saying all the right things and standing up for the people and for freedom, essentially. And he's been a big proponent of crypto down in Florida. He's uh, certainly promoted the state that, you know, it would be friendly. It would it would promote innovation there. Um, I don't know to what extent they can really um, prevent it from getting it getting to Florida unless Florida all of a sudden become no longer is no longer part of the United States, which. I don't think that's going to happen personally, but again, just my opinion. But I don't know to what extent they can really avoid or or ban a CBDC if it does come out from from the federal government. Um, but I mean, it's good to see people like him. Nonetheless, it's good to see we need more more like him, and hopefully, they continue to allow people like him to be uh, voicing their opinion like this and and continue to make to make uh, an influence. And um, and yeah, uh, I but but I truly don't believe that they can block it essentially if it comes down to that. Guys, and the last update we have for you today is on May 9th, John Deaton, somebody who's going to be in XRP Vegas, Las Vegas with our crew, is interviewing the C, the chief legal officer of Coinbase on his channel. And knowing John Deaton, this man asks great questions. I'm sure he's going to put his feet to the fire and ask him some of the questions that we're wondering when it comes to XRP and why it hasn't been relisted yet. But fam, we got 400 or sorry, 311 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. And we're going to close this episode out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Mario. Thank you to Andrew. And thank you to Johnny Crypto, the man himself. We're going to see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, ah, get your shit together, baby. Thanks for joining us.